for years they've been saying these things would change the world, would mature from adding machines and typewriters to tools of the human spirit. Now, maybe it's coming true because of Internet. Internet is a growing grid of independent computer networks interlaced. It's evolved from a U.S. military bulletin board in the 1970s to a worldwide computer switchboard. Good morning. This Tech Talk Today, episode 256. And now, thanks to Internet, you have Tech Talk Today. My name is Chris. And I'm Angela. Hello, Angela. Hello. We, have, we have Internet. And thanks to Internet, we have a mumble room. Time appropriate greetings, mumble room. Hello. 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 Almost, almost excessive. So we have <laughs> some good stories to get into today. Angela, you, uh, you may be the envy of many in the audience, and they don't even know it. You have had FiOS in your home for years. Ah, uh, yes. And I remember the day. Uh, I remember the day. Like it's just burned into my memory. I was driving home, and they were trenching. Down at the bottom of our hill. Mm-hmm. And I saw the Verizon trucks and I saw the orange cable mm-hmm. that they wrapped the fiber in and I knew what it was. Mm-hmm. And as I got up to our area and I pulled down the driveway, I saw somebody walking around with a clipboard and I thought that must be Verizon going around pre-signing people up for fiber internet. Mm-hmm. Somebody knocks on our door and I go out to the door and I opened it up thinking, I'm about to give me some Fios. Like I was... I was elated to sign up. I was, you got a, you got a five-year contract? Give it to me. <laughs> yeah, right? And so I opened the door. I, I, I have a big smile on my face. And do you remember who it was? No. You don't? It was the Comcast rep who was going uh, around and trying to do a last-ditch effort to sign everybody up into multi-year contracts with Comcast service, literally as Verizon was laying the fiber right. a block down from in our which house. Which we were already stuck in a Comcast yeah. contract, which but I'm, that didn't stop no. us signing up for... <laughs> I, let me retract. Not us. Him. It did not stop no him. Way. Absolutely. No. There was no way. I, 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 as soon as fiber internet came along, yeah. I switched. And before anybody thinks that was excessive, which you know I might agree with, uh, it actually... Uh, the Comcast ended up being our failover. Yeah, so yeah. As we didn't a, have it. Yeah, yeah. We had our studio in the garage, and we actually needed that. So that was that was nice when we had that. I know. So it, if it sh- we could hear, we would. And shortly after we signed up, Verizon stopped rolling out the FiO service, and then yeah. they sold it off to Frontier. And it was sort of with a heavy heart. We went, hmm, there went our chance. And then Google came along, and Google launched Google Fiber. And they began rolling out Google Fiber Internet to yeah. different, yeah, different towns. Well, uh, now that things have restructured, we have Alphabet and Google Fiber is part of the Alphabet company. We're looking at expenses. And the Wall Street Journal is reporting that Google's high-speed fiber internet plans are hitting a bit of a hitch. A little bit of a bump in the road this okay. week. Uh, initial rollouts have proven to be extremely costly for Google. And now that Google Fiber is a separate company under Alphabet, they have to kind of be accountable for some of their expenses. They can't really blur the lines like they used to. Right. And so Google Fiber has spent hundreds of millions of dollars digging up streets and laying fiber optic cables in a handful of cities to offer web connections to roughly th- that are roughly 30 times faster than the average in the U.S. Now the company is hoping to switch over to deploying wireless technologies to connect homes rather than cables in about a dozen new metro areas, including L.A., Chicago, Dallas. Wait, so they're putting the kibosh on the installation of fiber? And at least huh. in some of these areas they were planning to go to, and they're switching over to yeah, wireless. Yeah, this is according to sources familiar with the matter. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, as a result, Alphabet has suspended projects in San Jose, California, and Portland, Oregon. 
Which Ooh. is yeah, yeah, that's too bad. Uh, today, Google Fiber has reached uh, just six metro areas. The latest example of challenges facing digital companies seeking to move into traditional lines of business. That's the Wall Street Journal. Would you believe they got Arlington, Washington? No, no I wish it would be. <laughs> I know you know gigabit speeds would be huge for us. Wow, uh, and and maybe part of this makes sense. It's. So uh, at Lady Jupiter, I my my sole internet connection is a MiFi connection. My my internet connection is wireless, and there are if you if you were to remove the carriers as a company and you were to remove caps and 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 all of these things, part of me feels like this is legitimately the way of the future because they put up one single antenna uh, literally across the water. And I'm able to connect to that and get reasonable speeds, mm-hmm. you know, five megabits, six megabits. It's not great, but I can browse the web and do show research, mm-hmm. and it's functional for that. And I don't have a single wire hooked up. And the other thing that's really neat about it is when we went on the road trip with Dylan, the entire time, Dylan never had the concept that we didn't have internet because we, right. as we went down the road, we always had a persistent internet connection from the right. same provider with the same equipment everywhere we went and our our internet just went with us and so when we were using maps and gps and when we were looking up places to park we were doing that over our wi-fi connection which was connected to the mi-fi instead of using our cellular connection so we're saving data on our main self plans because we're using this centralized mi-fi that mm-hmm. just goes wherever we go and it's our internet connection and in some locations it's fantastic and in some locations it barely works but it it in a world where you have phones and tablets and, and, and Roku's and all these different devices that all connect to the Internet that all need data and, and you want portability with many of these devices, it, it almost makes sense that the person gets Internet and then everything that the person owns is, is tied to that one Internet plan. Instead of having a plan for this tablet and a plan for that tablet and this phone and then your Internet connection here and your business line here, the person has Internet. Mm-hmm. And then everything that person has gets data connection from there. And if Google could do something like that with wireless, if they could take T-Mobile and Sprint mm-hmm. and a couple other networks and blend them with like their Project Fi approach and give that, give everybody a MiFi, and now this is your 50 megabit connection or whatever, it should be possible. That could be massive. Maybe just as revolutionary as fiber. Mm-hmm. North Ranger, what do you have to say about it? I I don't know. I'm I'm concerned and you know hopeful that you know Google makes a strong play here and other companies or even municipalities that invest in you know fiber to the home or local uh, wireless. Sure. But when you start getting big companies involved like Comcast that also have their fingers in the content, you know wireless scares me a little bit there because um, you know they can tune the connection to where it's high latency. You know a lot of downstream bandwidth, not a lot of upstream bandwidth. They're going to op- optimize it for quote-unquote content delivery because that's what fits in with their business model for all of the content platforms that they own. And do you – boy, yeah. Isn't that a thing? Because anybody that has the resources and financial wherewithal to pull something like investing in an entire ISP business at this point probably has their hands in other aspects. Like So Comcast is, is NBC and it has their own on-demand content. Huge conflict of interest from being just a dumb pipe. Google – has Google Play where they sell movies and rent movies and television shows, and they have YouTube. Uh, they they uh, and really uh, North Ranger to underscore your point, they don't even have to like prorate when you use these services. They can simply just put caching servers at all of their endpoint offices and just make accessing YouTube phenomenally faster over Google's connections than anybody else's. Because when you're on Google's ISP, 
you're just going to your local ISP office instead of going to their data centers in California when you're in New York. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it keeps the last mile cheap because they don't have to invest in the infrastructure. <sighs> to be fair, that's already happening at most ISPs anyway. <laughs> Yeah, that's but, yeah. Netflix, uh, Netflix is the one that pioneered I mean, that. Netflix, Google does this too. Yeah, they've been yeah. doing this for years, and it does, it does, it is sort of taking advantage of the way the the, the network. So, all right, you guys wanted to do you want to pick it up with a with a positive story? Yeah, SpaceX has successfully landed another, in fact, its sixth Falcon Nine rocket. This is where it comes down and lands like a robot that's going to destroy humanity. Uh, tonight's landing was particularly challenging for SpaceX too. The Falcon Nine had to carry its onboard satellite called the JCSAT-16, into, into geostationary transfer orbit. By the way, GTO for those in the know. It's a highly elliptical orbit that takes the satellite 20,000 miles out beyond its surface of Earth. Getting to GTO requires a lot of speed and uses up a lot of fuel during takeoff, more so than getting to lower Earth orbit. That makes things difficult for a rocket landing afterwards. Not only is the rocket subjected to extreme velocities and reentry heating, as we all know when we were landing our rockets, during its fall back to Earth, according to SpaceX, that's a big challenge when you have less fuel and less maneuverability because you can't run the engine for as long. Despite these challenges, SpaceX has managed to land three rockets bound for GTO, including tonight's vehicle. In fact, the company now has experienced more success than failure with rocket recoveries. Of SpaceX's 11 rocket landing attempts over the past two years, six Falcon 9 vehicles have successfully made it back to Earth. Intact. I'm going to ruin this for everybody. I couldn't figure out why when you started talking about it, it sounded naughty. But it sounds like space sex. SpaceX? Space sex. SpaceX. Side note, I would imagine space sex would be some of the most phenomenal <laughs> sex ever. I just have to picture floating around to be incredible. But the, the X is trendy. Adding X yeah. to stuff is still remains a strong branding yeah. technique. <laughs> That's what that tells you. Yep. I... Space 10. What do we like about this? What we like about this is something that used to be exclusive to governments only is now easily within the masterable realm of private companies. And being able to send supply ships up to, to mm -hmm. uh, GTO and whatnot yeah. is a huge deal for being able to land and reuse those spaceships because then the business doesn't have to reinvest, reinvest in, a, <laughs> in a new vessel every single time. Yeah. That's huge. Right, because it, yeah, because it crashes or blows itself apart to, yeah. for the salvageable. And Chris, if I might add, too, I, one thing I don't think I saw in the Verge article was uh, from watching part of the live stream, which I did, mm -hmm. um, is that this landing actually used, um, at, at least part of the stage, only used one ro uh, rocket motor uh, on landing instead of multiple. Um, so, you know, yet another iteration or evolution that's interesting with SpaceX that every single launch, every single mission, they seem to be updating, doing new things. Yeah, it's really fun to watch it because it's something uh, 30, 40 years from now, we'll look back at this as almost the Model T of commercial spaceflight, but it's so fundamental to getting us to where we need to be. Um, and, you know, it's stuff like this that'll make mining asteroids possible, which might, I mean, I know this sounds wow. crazy, but it could make consumption of Earth's natural resources reduced if we can easily and cost-effectively oh, yeah. mine in, in fact, space. Uh, last week, we blew through our, like... Oh, I forget what it's called. All of the res all of the natural resources we blew through them for the year on August tenth. Hmm. Yeah, like it's it's been slowing down over the last couple of years. And then it's we only been in? about one day earlier, you know. But it, back in like ten years ago, it was five days. Then they corrected a the number in a spreadsheet, and it's changed everything. Yeah, right now, <laughs> but I don't know. It's just it's just interesting. Yeah, we are yeah. running out of natural resources. Yeah, like Token Ring says, it's been a long road. 
getting from here to there. <laughs> Speaking of the long road, Tesla's got an interesting thing coming down the road. I swear, and one day, and it may be 20 years from now, but one day I will be driving a Tesla back and forth to wherever the studio is. Yep. These things, I, I just, I, man, I would love to be able to get one of these uh, and not ever buy fuel again. The bane of my existence. Jeez, no kidding. And Tesla may be delivering soon with extra long-range batteries. Now, these are rumors at this point, but uh, it looks like hints are so being dropped. So you can dropped. go like 60 miles? <laughs> ho, ho, 380 miles. How you know, about that? don't you find that a little weird that they're making the battery last as long as a gas a tank? A t- what? <laughs> a tank of gas? Why is that weird? That's what I think that's what the market expectations are. But they could do better. I don't think they can yet because the battery gets so heavy at that point that but then you start losing it's efficiency. It's just coincidental. Like cuz my car could go on a good tank. No, 320 what or I think what you're picking miles. up on is you're picking up on a milestone. The milestone now they can exceed it, but now they're reaching the milestone. If you get the extra fancy battery edition that's a little bit extra money, the milestone is 380, 380 miles is about what it what, – It's like, a little more than a tank of gas. Well, for some. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of a big deal though. It is. Well, and it makes sense, but you know what they're going to do? They're going to make the make it so exp- so much more expensive that mm-hmm. it'll end up costing the same as, as a gas car. Who, who wants to speak up there? Somebody did. Somebody had something to say, but now they're quiet. Is that North uh, Ranger? I didn't know about it. Oh, W. Go. Yeah. Sure. Like for, I owned a four-cylinder car for the longest time, and the most I could get from that, even on a manual driving efficiently, was somewhere around 224 miles per gallon. So that Tesla is already way ahead of a four-cylinder well, gas car. Well, that wasn't per gallon. It was per tank, but you probably had a really small tank. Possibly. Yeah. Because uh, 12 gallon tank, actually. Okay, yeah. Mine's yeah that's pre- a really small that's tank. Yeah. tank. Mine's 19. Wow. Yeah. 19 Mine's 25 so, in the truck and 100 in Lady Jupiter. So, as someone who drives a Nissan Leaf to work every day, it's great. I love oh, it. Oh, yeah. Like, okay. just charge it at work. Uh, they have charging stations all over. Now, what are you it, getting? So like, drive it. isn't the Leaf like 100 miles or something? Oh, like the that? Leaf's terrible. It's like 70 miles now on the batteries we have. It's a little bit older at this point. I still think though you're not first, you're not paying like, for a dime of gas. A lot. It was like ninety miles range or something, but now it's down to like seventy. You wow. commute to work every single day and don't pay for a dime of gas though. I don't. You yeah, don't have to. You don't have to get for electricity. Yeah, oh, it's great. What about you? Don't have to get oil changes either, right? Nope. Yeah, that's no it. oil. Or well, there is less maintenance. Yeah, yeah. So you do still have to you know deal with tires, but for the most part, that's with, it. with Tesla, it's and essentially the is reduced a the, lot. The, te- the Tesla is a sled platform with a huge battery, and then I think it's. I might be. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but I think it's like only two electrical motors on the wheel at the wheels. Yeah, they have for front and back on some of them, but I yeah. think on some like the cheaper ones, it's a combined single motor. Yeah. I I did an Uber ride uh, with somebody who drives around in a Leaf, and uh, for him, it's just cash money because yeah. he does, generally he does like thirty mile trips are like the longest. Mm-hmm. Um, funny side note: we were coming from. Uh, Sumner area, and so he had to bail us. He had to drop us off on four or five. We had to get the another Uber. He's going to have though is charging time, so he's going to have yep. to do like breaks between some yeah. of his trips to yeah. charge the car. That was so and he does local runs. Fast. The Leaf only does like um, like a seven kilowatt charger or something, and so it takes like two hours to do a full charge, hmm. maybe three. With Uber, I just found out you. I was reading in the chat uh, from. Go ahead, Lou. You're on a delay. You can. You're go saying ahead. Angela. Go ahead. No, you're on a delay. So go ahead. Um, 
Yeah, uh, Slowbeck uh, was saying that he'll bet that you'll be able to charge a holding battery with solar power from your roof uh, so you can charge the car at night from it. Yeah, you can now, really. That's cool. Yeah. Now, so with the Tesla, you can hook it up to uh, like a dryer plug and really charge that sucker, or you can hook it up to like a regular 120 volt plug. they make those plug. extra long? Because like oh, my dryers. 120 volt plugs are terrible. That'll take like four days yeah. to charge. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the It's actually, they have like a special Tesla thing that you have to buy to do it. It's like mm. several yeah, thousand dollars. Definitely want the fast charging station, mm. especially when you've got those batteries that are 300 mile range. Because even on the fast charge at like seven kilowatts, it's still going to take you like eight hours, ten hours, maybe, to do a full charge. Wow. But, but you, you really know, have to get the special thing installed. You figure even a couple years into this Tesla, if it's getting 300 miles reliably, that is a pretty significant deal. The only the only thing is is like Hadia's car is probably you know if you bought it used right now a six seven thousand dollar car, mm-hmm. and it is a gas car that gets. About forty-four miles to the gallon. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah, yeah. that's and amazing. It is. It is astounding. And so, uh, it you that is gas. Gas is not. You can get the right gas cars. They're not necessarily slouches. So that's more. I think that's more of Tesla's competition than the Priuses or any, yeah. or maybe even the Leaf potentially. Well, and For as sure. somebody that uh, you know travels, uh, you know, two hundred sixty miles one way. Uh, two or three times a month, you know, to visit, you know, family and yeah. uh, and do different things. You know, yeah, that's just within the range of an existing Tesla. But if I add that extra 100 miles of range, uh, you know, when I get to my destination, so I don't have to worry about, oh, where am I going to plug in as yeah. soon as I get there? Yeah. This will be less of a big deal when you have more of the supercharging stations that can do the, like, 45-second yeah. or three-minute charge or whatever they do. Yeah. That'll be yeah. amazing. Totally, yeah. like, yeah, It'll plug just in, like go get a soda. Gas. Yeah. Yeah, it is exactly. actually, you know, it's surprising when I go any to any major city, not even major, major, like Olympia here in, in Washington, which is, I guess, our capital, but it's not like Seattle big. Yeah. They have electric charging stations all over the place. You know, the Everett Clinic on 41st does. Yeah, and, like, a lot of, like, yeah. parking garages have at least a couple of yeah. uh, EV charging yep. spots now. It just needs to become more. Mm-hmm. And then they need Wi-Fi so that way my car can yes. sync up and get all my latest podcasts while I'm <laughs> <laughs> Right? Because, you know, that's part of the thing. Fiber through the charge port. <laughs> just kidding. No, they could do it. They could do it. <laughs> Let's do it. So maybe I should just go retro. And instead of trying to download my podcast in my car when I'm at the doctor's office, I'll just get it all on cassettes. And Woo! I better do it fast because Japan, as of right now, in fact, the, the, the expiration date may have passed, <sighs> is... Making its last VCR ever. The VCR is finally dying. Wow. And yes, I the, didn't know they were still making I was say, it. It's but still, yeah. Japan had to keep the VCR around for another ten years. I wish. I wish. I think it's badass. But uh, no. no, no, I know. No, I, you know I what was badass was <laughs> that was their thing. The tape rewinders. You yes. know, like the car shaped ones. ones. Oh my God, the, I the love headlights those. came yes. on when you were re- re- rewinding it. <laughs> we had one at, at my dad's house. You pull, you put the VHS in there and you pushed it down and it would. It rewind it super yeah, fast, yeah, yeah. and then it would pop it up like yeah. toast when it was done. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, VCRs. Okay, hold on. You guys aren't going to believe this, but uh, the last uh, it's Funani Electro- Electric is the last remaining Japanese company to make VCRs. They've announced they're going to cease production, uh, declaring sales as low and difficulty of acquiring parts is another reason. I guess they still sold like seven hundred fifty thousand worldwide. Well, there year. are still a lot of freaking tapes. Yeah, well, cassettes, so get whatever. this. Despite the despite that, the fact that you know VCRs maybe they're not selling as many. You're right. VHS tapes are booming. 
Yeah. According to this article, uh, rare editions are fetching nearly $2,000 a pop on eBay. Ooh, does that include The Little Mermaid? Because I it have might. two of them. The one with the dick? Yeah. It might. The one, the one with the dick. Yeah, it, there's, a, there's a title. <laughs> no. <laughs> but if you don't know what we're talking about, you should Google search The Little Mermaid cover yeah. dick. Uh, so <laughs> many collectors consider VHSs, get ready for this, this absolute oh. arbitrage of, of intelligence. Uh, many collectors consider VHSs to be the vinyl of analog video recording and think the future could see them hoarded, you know, like you just hoard them. Then here's a quote from a, from an enthusiast, the article cites, these are movies that feel too cleaned up on DVD and Blu-ray as if they were never meant to look that good, explained one collector. Uh-huh. You can see the mistakes they made oh my and God. the bad makeup and everything. Watching them on VHS is closer to the old drive-in or grindhouse theater the way the director intended it to look. Wow, you know who that reminds me of is you. What? Because you, <laughs> you are always about the look at look at you know. Like, I'm always about the highest quality possible. No, though. I know, I know. Okay, so you're the inverse. Okay, it's okay, just, well, fine. It's I'll, just I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take that. But you still pick apart like the makeup and the stuff, sure, even sure. in high def. Like, oh look at. Yeah, that's true. I can't help it. In fact, I'm. I, I think Hadi would probably say I'm ruining watching some TV shows because we started watching uh, Beat Bobby Flay. On uh, on it's a, it's on the it's on the Food Network and it's where uh, Bobby Flay is a is a good cook right mm-hmm. and so the idea is these other people that just make these so take your best dish you ever make like your favorite dish to make probably deviled eggs yeah and then you go up against somebody else who like sometimes makes deviled eggs and they okay. try to beat you. so it's, it's wow that sounds really fun it is fun yeah. and but we can, but I can't help but constantly pick apart the production I it's like I can't oh, turn it yeah. off yeah. I can't turn yeah. it off yeah. so I'm sitting there doing like the unfilter analysis of Pete Bobby <laughs> Flay and it, and it is like you're ruining this Food for Network me. colon unfiltered <laughs> yeah anybody in the mumble room uh, still have a VCR hooked up anywhere in their home. I bet the answer. I actually, I actually what? do. What? Why? Uh, there's just old, old stuff that I can't literally. I there's like I have two very important VHS tapes that I cannot get uh, on DVD. Have you considered all. actually going through all of the hassle of like capturing it on your computer to a yeah. to a video file? Yeah. Yes, but to do it to the level that I am satisfactory right. with. I have to buy a VHS player that's four hundred dollars. That has like component so, out, and, yeah. That that has like feed blanking and all of the technical <laughs> stuff that I need, and I want a really good capture card. And then you're like, wow. what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I spending money on right now? It, it, it's worth it because it's something that no one has. Oh yeah, I'm the, yeah. I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm like literally the only person with this VHS tape. Yeah, if I can existence. If, so I, if I came across the old VHS tapes I made with my grandpa on his oh, recorder, yeah. I would want those too. Yeah. yeah, we um. So I have The Little Mermaid and a couple other Disney movies, but I got rid of most of them. Yeah, and the only other VHS I have is Our Wedding. Oh, really? That's on VHS. Yeah, and was that old? I've never even seen it. Neither have I. I know my grandma had it all the way until like oh, two forgot. months after the divorce finalized. God, we are old. That yeah. is so weird. It's in the entryway. I know. If you want to try to figure out a way to I watch don't, it, I don't have. I don't have I'd a VHS player. I, no, I know. I don't either. That is weird. All right, but, so I know somebody else in the mumble room had VHS still hooked up too. Somebody did. I think it was William, or, or he had some idea on it. I uh, if anybody, nah. If anybody has a really simple, straightforward way to capture VHS to computers, let me know. Because that'd be fun. I don't even have, like, disc players anymore. I don't either. Yeah. how far on that I am. Yeah, (laughs) the only reason I have, I have a Blu-ray player because it came with the RV. And that's, I I don't even think it's hooked up anymore. I think I hooked up the NVIDIA Shield TV where where it was. I have a USB 
CD-ROM drive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have that. That's nice yeah, for backups. I, yeah, for emergencies. And I, and I just set up my dad's uh, uh, TV and, and whatnot system at his new house. And, yeah, he still had a combo DVD VHS player. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I only and, have it because it also plays DVDs. That's that's That was the thing like five years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, there was a... There was a short period of time where I mastered VHS recording. Wow, I did not expect... Okay, I expected something. Chris, this will just make an underground, you know, second-hand market where these players and this tech to remaster this stuff will just become, like, more expensive, I think. Yeah, you're probably right. Well, yeah, no, 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. Chris was like, yeah, I think I could open a business, legit, and convert convert VHS to DVDs for everyone. Yeah, I I did think about that because it was part of my workflow to to digitize uh, recordings from the camera anyways. Yeah. Um, You know, I do remember, I I used to use VHS, it was all on the on-screen little LCD screen that really sucked on the the VCR, but I used to, like, use it to record Star Trek Voyager so I could watch Mm -hmm. it TiVo style before mm-hmm. we had TiVo. Yep. Uh, I loved it. So there you go. Uh, Rikai says the, uh, you can get the VCR to PC for, uh, for 80 bucks. Huh. huh. I can't imagine what that wedding video would be like. I know. God, we would look so young. It'd be ridiculous. <laughs> I, I wonder, Ange, have you noticed any weird stuff going on in Facebook with the ads recently? Have you noticed anything? Has anything popped up to you that stood out? You probably mostly use it on mobile, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So Facebook has been doing this weird thing. Oh, where th- yeah, no. Well, on my computer, I have been having to click the X to hide the ads because they're not appropriate for the kids to see. Really? Is that bad? I know, which is interesting because I'm sure the audience is now thinking Angela looks at porn and that's why it's, you know, I, I don't. No, Facebook's just figured out you like porn. No, that's yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Somehow. <laughs> no, I don't know why. It's like, no, it's like underwear ads. And it's, yeah, yeah. it's because I followed some um, thinks period yeah, underwear yeah. stuff. Yeah. And, and so now it shows it there, but the images are, you know, they're clickable. Isn't that, isn't that a statement? Isn't that amazing? Like if, if there's a Facebook group or something on Facebook that's like about a woman's cycle and you have you show any interest in it. Now you are now you are forced to have uh, underwear ads constantly. Yeah, that's it is dis- weird. That's disgusting. It really. Is. Yeah. So what? Why? What is going so, on? So uh, Facebook has decided to take the position of overriding folks that are using Adblock to show ads. And then Adblock is overriding Facebook's override on ad blocks to show ad to disable ads wow. again say that 10 times I, I holy crap <laughs> I can't. so that's interesting because yeah i i usually don't see ads but i what i you huh. were for a little while yeah. yeah yeah and i think you have ad block and firefox right i do yeah i do so uh it only took two days for ad block to find a workaround uh-huh. yeah. can i say something <laughs> real yeah. quick go ahead go ahead <laughs> there's that delay <laughs> Uh, there's an add-on uh, for Chrome and Chromium uh, called uh, FBR, and um, I can't remember what exactly it stands for off the top of my head at the moment, but okay. it's uh, meant to block um, that stuff. Yeah. FBR? All right. So that might be something to look into. I just think this whole back and forth is really interesting as far as uh, generating revenue online and, and, and doing it through advertising, display advertising particularly, and then mm-hmm. deciding, well, our, our continued viability as a company trumps that and then disable, you know, overriding the user's preference and then that extension, figuring out what they did to override it. And, right. and the whole dynamic to me, the meta story of it is way more fascinating than the technical implementation of it. But Facebook has got a problem here, I think. They do. And you know what I, what is so angry to me is, you know, every time I post one of our shows on Facebook – it says, you know, you've reached 300 people. You can reach uh, 120,000 more if you spend yeah. money. It's like, well, first of all, like, 
Mm-hmm. Why aren't all the people that follow our page getting it? It's so it's so dumb. Yeah, it makes that you, they it, want us to pay for the views that we should already. You know, be honestly, it does make things like Telegram channels feel more appealing because they're not doing curation there. They're just sure. it goes to the channel. There's no limitations. Yeah, yeah, that does almost make me wonder if we should do that. Uh, Want to shift gears and talk about yeah. something I've really been enjoying? Okay, there is a game that's come out that fulfills the promise that I really wanted from Star Trek Online. And it's something really basic that you, if you think about it, games have never actually done yet. And that is... Wow, really? Yeah. That is, you get in your spaceship on a planet, <laughs> right? This is important stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. This, I'm, I'm taking notes. Yeah. You get in your ship on the planet, you take off, you fly into space, you go to warp. Never heard of this. You get to another planet and you land. Okay. And then you explore that planet, you get in your ship, you take off, you go to warp, you go to another planet. It does sound really fun. This is not – usually games are instants. You know, you, 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 you leave a zone. It, it, it loads. You travel through space. You arrive at a zone. You click enter. It loads. Then you go down to that space. It's like it's, in, it's called instancing. That it's or, broken up. So is that your point? Or is like sometimes you go to a planet but then you have to like meet all these obstacles or whatever before sure. you can move to another planet? Very much so. Yeah, very yeah. much so. So – no Man's Sky has come out, and it's a Windows-only game that works pretty fine under Wine if you have OpenGL 4.5, and I think it's SSE3 support on your CPU. For, if, you don't, yeah, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just have a modern CPU and an NVIDIA ATI card. <laughs> it's called No Man's Sky. It's got mixed reviews. Uh, I would check out, if you, if you want to get started, Rikai on Rikai LP on YouTube has a uh, Let's Play video that's pretty great. That uh, gets you started, but the concept is is it's pretty solid. It's the execution's a little mixed, and I've been playing it just a tiny bit, and I just want to talk about it really briefly. Okay, I, WWMSX has a question. Do you want to? Sure, go ahead. Chris, do you think? Okay, so one of the, uh, one of the requirements for this game is you need to have OpenGL four point five. Yeah, four point five and SSE four dot one. Yeah, but does that that does that mean that this would be more easier to port over to Linux for those of us who don't want to one? Wine. I think so. I think there's a little business arrangement that's uh, that sort of prevented that. I, I believe, yes. Essentially, you're correct. However, it has got to I, – I would say if you could give something a one to five star rating on how well it works under wine, this is a five star game. Uh, it, when I was playing for about 45 minutes on the live stream on Sunday, there was people watching the live stream had – they were continually commenting the fact that you there was no you was just, they just thought you would think it's a native game you would have no idea so it works under windows works works under wine and the core premise at least is essentially been fulfilled you can travel around the galaxy do discovery every player starts out on a different planet near the edge of effectively the same galaxy so what everyone who every player it's uh it's a shared galaxy yep so you're oh. How many other people are playing? As and many can people to play. That's many people. Yeah. It, wow. Yeah. It's and when right. I when I discover a planet, it's me that discovers that. And if another player were somehow <laughs> to end up on that planet, it would show that I was the one that discovered that planet. Huh. Go ahead, William. I was going to say the odds of you actually meeting someone randomly yeah, are so incredibly yeah. low. Like the, because the galaxy it's is never it, it's generated. It's generated from a yeah. from a shared seed. Uh, and not like, and then it's populated by the computer. The that everyone starts like meeting in the center or something. That is, you, right, could, yeah. you know, you given, it, given it together, given it ten years or something. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Really, yeah. um, the planets, the animals, the mineable resources. The planets also feature discoverable locations, supplies. It's fun for a bit so far. Wow. So, did they get like a bunch of developers together and say, 
each of you make 20 planets each. No, 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 no. No, does- my sense, if and this is just sort of my sense, is they create an amazing engine that can generate worlds and galaxies on, de- on demand. Huh. And then they came up with gameplay around that concept. And so the gameplay is, huh. it's, it's very Minecraft. Yeah. You, you mine resources. Yeah, I, I gathered that. You collect you them that. and then you craft things. But you don't dig. You don't do that kind of stuff. But you discover. And there's, there's light combat. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was really fascinating for me is the first time I played on a, I played on a computer upstairs here at the studio. And I, I landed on a radioactive planet that was – I was constantly struggling to survive, repairing my suit, fixing my radiation damage, trying to find shelter. And I was like, geez, this game is intense. I came down here to play. And I landed on a totally different planet that didn't have any radiation. I could just spend as much time as I wanted outside. And I'm like, <laughs> this is so much easier. Except for on that planet, there were hostile drone robots that attacked me every time I oh. damaged any biological thing. And so oh, nice. Yeah, I was, wow. So is there anywhere that states the rules of that planet? Or do you just have to learn them by trial and error? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's like discovery. Wow. It's, that sounds... that. Yeah. That would be a fun one to play on so I a think, bow show, yeah. maybe. Yeah. And I think it's one of those games where... Maybe I'll get a good solid 10 hours out of it, and then I'll be like, well, I'm bored. I don't know. I don't know. But mm. it's, so far, it's been really interesting. There's been a lot of buzz about it, and I finally picked it up, and I've, I've kind of been interested. Uh, speaking of buzz, did you know that hackers could potentially pick out your sensitive data by listening to the buzz of your hard drive? What? I'm, yeah, this kind of stuff gets me every single time. Right out of an article that should be in TechSnap, researchers from uh, Cornell <laughs> University warned that they can do a thing called disk filtration. Which is your new nightmare. Uh, all they have to do is listen to your computer's hard drive's electronic squawking, and they can figure out the data that's being written to it. Air gap computers are not protected. Uh, in fact, this is specifically designed to get around air gaps. This measure is taken, you know, an air gap is where you completely disconnect the computer from the internet. It's totally isolated. In this paper, they present disk filtration, a, convert, a covert channel which facilitates the leakage of data from air gap computers via acoustic signals emitted from the disk drive. No way. The Cornell uh, study reckons that they have a neat spin on it because their method <laughs> is unique. Spin on it. That's funny. Right? Hard drive. Yeah. Their method is unique in that unlike other acoustic uh, covert channels, it doesn't require the presence of speakers or audio hardware in the air-gapped computer. Hmm. With disk filtration, we were able to convey transmitted data like passwords and encryption keys and key logging data between air-gapped computers to a smartphone. Wow. At an effective rate of 180 bits a minute or 10,080 bits an hour and a distance of up to two meters. So it's super limited, but if you could get equipment in there and you could slowly listen, it might be worth it. Wow. By just listening to the... And I, I get the sense it's not even the... Like the like magnetic drive, but I get the sense it's the actual electricity, like little hum that these devices make, potentially. Really crazy. Really? So nothing's safe. Nothing's protected. Uh, no. Chris, I got a little I got a little conspiracy bacon about that. Oh, I love uh, it. Somebody from the NSA uh, theoretically could have used that to spy on Greenwald and Poitras and sure. Snowden and like um, during the filming of Citizen 4. You have to wonder if uh, – every time I hear about these things that get uh, announced at Black Hat or DEF CON or these new research papers that get published, I think to myself – there must be some government agency around the world mm-hmm. that's already onto that because they just that's what they do all the time with practically unlimited funding is research this stuff. Cue the Obama no. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. I, Who us? Who us? No, we would never yeah, no, we would no, never no, do no, that. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. 
Hey. All right. Hey. Kick it. It's time for our Kickstarter of the week. Put to go. A car mount with wireless charging that's ultra convenient. Oh, my gosh. You already bought it, didn't you? <laughs> now, it's already got uh, some serious backing. They needed a twelve. They needed $24,000 to make this thing happen. They're already at $102,000 with 35 days left to go. What if your phone was truly without wires? All right. I'm down. It is so simple. Put it on, then go. Put to go have combined Qi Power Wireless compatible technology with a very powerful rare earth magnet to make an elegant and satisfying phone dock. We hope you never have to fuss with or wiggle another faulty connector again in your life. Connecting power to your phone has always been cumbersome, so we've been working hard to develop a better solution. Now, the power is connected automatically when you place your phone on the dock, making charging cables a thing of the past. We have decreased transmitter size, which increases the matching ratio and conversion efficiency. It is directly attached to air conditioning to keep your phone and charging system cool. The vent. The rare earth magnets inside put to go will hold your phone firmly, so there is no issue even on bumpy roads. Put to go works with all phones that have built in Qi power technology. For other smartphones, we have a very thin and convenient adapter. Put to go will also work in your home and office. You can enjoy the convenience of wireless power every place you put your phone down to be charged. It has a tiny, tiny cord yeah. that goes in the lightning Please port. Please support us and make this project possible. So yeah, so you're not, you're not wireless completely because you plug the wire the, into this yeah, device. Yeah, the tiny little, that it, has, it actually has it's like a flat cable adapter. Or if you have like a Samsung device that has Qi charging built in, it just uses that. Do, um, do all iPhones have Qi charging? No, 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 no. They show, well, they show. Yeah, um, I, so in that adapter. picture, they have that tiny little like, thing that you have to glue to your phone or something? Yeah, it, well, it's probably kind of like uh, some stickers, you know, where you can remove them. Oh, okay. Like a vinyl. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, hmm. This is, this is Chase does this already. Chase, this does is... Does he really? But the magnet is not hold, strong enough often to hold up his Nexus 6. It falls off. Okay. So it'd have to be a strong magnet, but... Um, I hate cables in the car. Like when I'm yeah. like, and I'm trying to shift sometimes, and I accidentally grab the cable. Yeah. And I've had Bluetooth issues recently, so I've gone back to using right. a uh, uh, like a headphone jack, mm-hmm. and now that cable is in my way all the time. So this is does sound really appealing to me. The price would really be the, would be was what makes like the make or break it for me on this particular one because it seems kind of obvious if the price is right. The problem is, it's not. Well, you know, price is wrong. Sixty bucks to get in at the bottom, um, really. If you want to get a device, they have an f- early bird special for forty. If they came to market at forty, that'd probably be about what I could bear to pay on something like this. Sixty bucks for the standard kit right now. A hundred dollars if you want car and home. And if you think about it, if you're if you have this thing taped to the back or mm-hmm. stick to the back of your internet phone or your whatever Nexus device or what you know, your Sam whatever it is, and you got that little flat cable that's going into your lightning port. You're not going to want to sit there and fiddle with that all the time. So you're going to want a home and a car one. Yeah. And that's where you're getting up to like 100 bucks. Well, and the thing is, you still have that cable hanging there. Well, do you see how, do you see like right here at the bottom of that iPhone? Yeah. Well, that's true. You have a cable going to the charging magnet. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. which you can manage, right? With but cable it's, ties it's, or something. At but least it, it's it stationary. It's stationary at least. Yeah. Well, I mean, unless it's blocking something major, like uh, in my car, it would be the knob for 
um, volume or the navigation. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is true. So, yeah, I'm not sold. I'm not sold on it at all. I also question, well, because of my allergies, magnets are on the uh, cautious. But magnets are awesome. No, but I think it could kill me. So, um, Well, there's that. <laughs> what do you think, Mumbaroom? Well, there are cars that are coming with wireless charging now, too. So how long of a lifespan is something like this going to have? Yeah, mm. interesting. Yeah, and, and I also wonder if eventually Apple won't just go wireless charging. That seems like seems like they would have been pretty early on that, but they've... Well, they did get rid of the headphone jack. So. Well, supposedly. Or they're going to. So, yeah, the rumor is... And they've played with wireless charging. Your watch is a wireless charger. Yes. There's no there's no wire yeah. that goes from the charging base to your watch. Yeah. It's like your toothbrush. Yeah. It's conductive charging. Right. Um, and uh, <laughs> I was watching an RV tour recently of, like, a brand-new high-end RV, and the RVs in the dash have wireless G charging. You put your phone, just set it down on the dash of the RV and your phone starts charging. Does it stay there or does it slide? Is they it... have like a, like a non-stick. <laughs> oh, like, okay, good. Yeah. yeah. And, and so you, that is a good point. This may be commoditized. It might just be built in. I've even seen uh, products of like, a, of like lounge chairs for your living room that have G chargers built into like the armrests and stuff. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't feel like backing this one, nope. actually. Good. Good for you. I know, right? Yeah. Even though it's, it's anybody want to advocate for it before we, because I feel like we're often curmudgeons, but this one, this one feels like it's just not quite there. And the price, if it was 40 bucks and I could order it primable, now you're talking. Uh, yeah. But a hundred bucks to get the whole kit, that needs to be more like 60 bucks. Yeah. I mean, in my case, I could simply put a QE charger in my car. I got a USB port, everything. The only thing I'm missing is the magnet, so I don't see the really special thing about this one. Well, here's one of the smart things they did. So you stick the the uh, the wireless charging receiver on the back of your iPhone, and then you click it. You click the charger into the lightning port. Then they supply yeah, I see. they supply a magnetic connector, so you can still charge your iPhone with a regular cable using a magnetic connector. Oh yeah, I see. That's kind of neat. So you can break away. That's kind of nice. That's interesting. Yeah, but it doesn't eliminate the cable. No, I agree but that's with for you home guys. Charging. Yeah, it it should be a lower price. And I think it should, you know, just be the home, you know, in the car kit. That should, you know, just be a, you know, none of this uh, basic kit stuff. It does sound like a good idea, though. I like the idea. It's just the uh, executions uh, being done poorly here. I think. I feel like we are on the verge of a transition in cell phone power. Management because the Android devices are slowly adopting USB C, which is a reversible plug for USB. Uh-huh. And Apple is going through like this port reduction process mm-hmm. where you could imagine they'll eventually they'll end up with no lightning port either, possibly. Mm-hmm. So, in the next few years, all of this is going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I'd like to see a movie about it first, <laughs> you yeah. know, like yeah. hypothesize it, like, yeah, just set your phone over there, you know, like, or I don't even know. Or maybe you just walk into the room and your phone starts charging. Who knows? I, I really just want one charging standard to take off. I would like yeah. it integrated, and I'm just done with the wires, plugging them in all the time. And yeah. it'd be nice to no longer have, oh, do you have an Android? Do you have an iPhone? Here's your charging. Like, that stuff. Yep. Yeah, it's getting, it's getting tired. It's getting Agreed. old. All right. The United States, when we make a mistake, <laughs> we're honest about it. We own up to it. There you go. There you go. 
We are calling that one not funded. Patreon.com slash today. Those where you can fund the Jupiter Broadcasting Network. Not only you get access to behind the scenes videos, but you also get the full live stream posts of some of our most popular shows and ones that I just seem to get. I've posted different shows and gotten a sense of which ones people watch and then I continue to post those. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Patreon platform itself is working on adding RSS feeds and downloadable podcasts for that kind of stuff. So eventually we'll we'll be enabling that too for our supporters. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun to be able to provide the entire live experience for those folks who can't make it. And there's so much content in there that we almost can make entire, se- entirely separate shows out of them. Mm-hmm. And right now we're making them exclusively available to our patrons at patreon.com slash today. This is where we're trying to raise funds to really f- to, to orient the entire network towards our audience. Right now you have advertising on a lot of our shows and that works super well for many of those shows. But our main thing, whenever we're creating something brand new from scratch, whole cloth, we want to we answer the first question. What does the audience want, not what does the sponsor want? And I think you can tell. I think our audience is discerning enough to tell when a, when a show is created for the sponsor, you can tell the way it's structured versus when it's created for you. Patreon.com slash today. You go there. You invest in our network. You guarantee that we continue to make shows for you specifically. We, we need to grow this number considerably so it's always the biggest number in far, on our revenue sheet. So it's always our top priority. That's just business sense. And I want to encourage you to consider how you consume content, how much you pay for it, and what you get value from. Patreon.com slash today. And some of the things that your funding helps is just us spending time on back-end things. Mm-hmm. Which uh, we have been doing lately. Yeah, I was just saying before the show started, you know, sometimes uh, we have a particularly technical audience and we don't share some of the cool technical things we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it was really cool because we decided we need to address a few things and then it all just kind of came together. And it, it the accumulation was we've made a bunch of recent improvements on the back end for our website that make it load faster, that have a, a better HTML5 video player, just super increased load times. Better optimized CSS, optimized images, updated WordPress installation, total purging of like our plugins and all of this stuff. It all was done in the effort of just making the experience better. And what I love about it, Ange, is we're getting to the point now where we're not measuring it with what we see. We're measuring it with actual tools to determine that performance. And it's it's like these little things that you don't ever think about that are absolutely critical to an online presence that are really made possible thanks to people investing in our network. And you were saying, too, like how cool it was to have like that Friday or whatever it was where we're all just like we just all of us, like yeah. the whole team, Alan and yeah. shout out to Hymer and Rakai and Alan and, and then you and me and whoever else was involved with all of it. It was it was a nice was little really burst awesome. of productivity, yeah. and we got a bunch of little things taken care of. Uh, we're so- all very busy people, <laughs> and it's so easy to let the back end stuff slip. But yeah. when when we can fix it, get yeah. everybody together and fix yeah. it and improve yeah. the experience for everyone, yeah. it's worth it. And it's 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 one of those things that's not a sexy bullet point that you put in a thing. Right, like, yeah. So it's like it's Upgraded hard. My yeah. WordPress. Do you want to <laughs> sponsor our back end infrastructure work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah, and that's not that's not going to happen. So mm-hmm. we're so grateful for our patrons. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com slash today go there sign up get access to that backs post stream it's some good stuff in there see that picture does it look any different because it's optimized now <laughs> <laughs> that's been optimized for your loading experience at jupiterbroadcasting.com yeah and really like angela said big shout out to all those guys for uh, helping make that possible you know rikai and heimer just really doubled down on some of the really more uh, esoteric stuff mm-hmm. and really that, i think care. it also would be good to do a shout out to rotten corpse yeah. He's uh, for Linux Mr. Tunnell, Show. Mr. Tunnell. Oh, is that how he goes by now? Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Michael Tunnel or uh, Tunnel, okay. not Tunnel, not Tunnel. I know. Or not Mitch Tunnel. That's also not that's not <laughs> correct either. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, anyway, he he seems to do just quite a bit of stuff for Linux Action Show every week. So if you see him in the chat, you do just give him a little thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Really, the whole team's been great. And uh, if you've noticed the pages are loading a little faster, there's a lot of people behind the scenes to thank for that. And if you're a patron, you're one of them. Patreon.com slash today. Thanks for investing in our show. Also, thank you to our Mumble Room. You guys directly contribute to the show personally, and I really appreciate that. If you'd like to be involved, go to jblive.tv. The show is live on Mondays. Go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash contact. I got a pro tip, though. Show up for Coda Radio and then just stick around because yep. the live stream just keeps on going after Coda Radio and we go right into Tech Talk today. I was playing some retro NT3 footage about multitasking and how new that was. And so if you're around and watching between, between shows, you got to see a little bit of that too. Uh, and techtalktoday.reddit.com is where you go to submit stories and Kickstarters of the week. Thank you, everybody who does submit those. We do appreciate that. And uh, you can also just subscribe to the RSS, download and listen to it whenever the hell you please at Jupiter Broadcasting. Dot com. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up with a retro PC commercial that it's too good. I just got to let the whole thing play because he keeps talking about all of the great hardware you get bundled with it. And like 95% of it your smartphone does now. <laughs> and it does it way better and faster. In your pocket. Yeah. And, and then, or then you have laptops, essential. They just do all this other stuff, too. It's, it's really kind of a fun commercial to watch. So that will be our end of show clip. Thank you for being here. And we'll see you right back here next Monday. You have anything to say? You don't want to say goodbye? Oh, Bye. You don't. What about not, good, goodbye, Angela? Not usually. We do that. At, Say goodbye, Angela. Goodbye. ...of hardware, software, and accessories with prices often well below that of the department stores and customer service and support second to none. Oh. Fast Arcade is for the home computer user as well as the small business and the corporate client. Call us now. Let us bring the future to you today. And if you're looking for a great computer package, we have a limited offer available right now. And all you need is $100. $100. How about one of the fastest processors in the world in our ICE Performance 200 Plus super personal computer? It's got 32 megabyte of RAM, 2 gigabyte hard drive, 12 speed CD-ROM and internet ready 33.6K fax modem. And it's also got Canon's impressive BJC210 color bubble jet printer. This is one of the most advanced computers in the world. This package also has a comprehensive range of software, including a full suite of Microsoft titles. Encarta 97, Works, Money, Dangerous Creatures, World of Flight, Creative Writer. You also get Fairstar's Pastel Accounting. It's ideal for most small businesses. High school education from Personal Tutor and Accent's multilingual word processor. And heaps, heaps more. You could pay up to $5,000 elsewhere for this ultimate computer package, but for a limited time only. All this, all this is only $2,995. You only need $100 now. $100. And it's interest-free. But that's not all. For our first 100 orders, we'll also include a full-colour handheld scanner. It's worth over $150. A Canon personal organiser. It's valued at $70. And a joystick. These extras valued at well over $200 are only available if you order right now and only to the first 100 customers. This machine is ideal for your family, education, entertainment and powerful enough to run the most demanding business. The Super Ice Performance 200 Plus, the printer, the modem and all the software. And if you call right now, you also get all these extras absolutely free. So call now and believe me when I say we want your business today.